Hello, everybody. This is Nikki from Motherhood Unfiltered. It's going to be okay. And today I have guest Leah Mazur on with us today. And she is uh, the founder of, let me get this right because I practiced it earlier. She is a certified divorce recovery coach for women and the founder of Mindfully Ready. She specializes in helping women recover and rebuild after divorce through one-on-one coaching sessions while providing a safe, judgment-free community for women experiencing divorce in her private Facebook group, Divorced and Empowered. So I'm excited to talk to her about this subject. Um, I'm sure the rate of divorce is high, unfortunately, and... I went through it myself, my spouse, my husband's went through it, and it's not an easy thing to do. So, um, but before I bring her on, I just want to remind everybody to, if you're listening to the podcast, please go out to Spotify or Apple iTunes to comment and uh, rate the podcast. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, Please comment, like, and subscribe if you've already done that because, of course, you're an awesome person. Then please share it with someone that you care about. So without further ado, let's bring Leon. Hi, Leah. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. I'm so glad that uh, we finally got to talk about this subject. Um, you know, my parents divorced when I was young, and I remember uh, my mother struggling um, with five kids, and she had to get a job and finding babysitters. I don't know how many babysitters we went through, and it was really hard on her. And then um, I went through it myself. And I wish that I had someone that I could have went to like yourself, because you're only going to, I, you get biased answers, I think from family and friends. And sometimes, you know, that's not really what, you know, we need to hear. There's, I mean, there's things that you go through or that you have to do on your own now, you know, now that you're divorced. So just tell us a, a little bit about yourself and how you got motivated to become, you know, a divorce recovery coach. Yeah. So I'll actually, I'll take you back to really what's, when I asked what was myself, okay, when did this really start? I had to go back to when I was 16. And yeah. I, uh, unfortunately, I, I watched my mother have an asthma attack in our home and pass away. And five years later, I lost my dad to pancreatic cancer. Um, and I'm oh an only goodness. child. A lot going on. And then between those two losses, I was in a very abusive, uh, emotionally and physically abusive relationship with a narcissist. So by the time mm -hmm. I was 21, I had a lot of trauma that I already needed to work on. Um, and because oh, I was, again, alone in the world, right, trying to figure out this thing called life, um, mm -hmm. I, I learned a lot of things the hard way. And so I ended up hopping from relationship to relationship. I had abandonment issues from losing my parents. And so I was really afraid of being alone. 
Um, and it really took me two divorces to yeah. go, okay, Leah, <laughs> you need to do something differently. Like this isn't working for you. You can't keep right. This up. And that's when I really dove into self-care and meditation and the journaling and and you know, yeah. all, all self-help, right? The books, the podcast, like I did it all therapy. <laughs> yeah. And and then so that's really what led me to becoming a divorce recovery coach is because for the same kind of the same thing you said is mm-hmm. I wish I had someone. It would have saved right. me from a, a second divorce if I had mm-hmm. someone to guide me and give me the tools and the resources to yeah. heal the right way so mm-hmm. that I could get myself to a healthier place. Wow. I I don't remember if we talked about that before, but that's a lot of things to go through to uncover for such a young person. You know, your, your mother and then your father and then, you know, a, abusive relationship. And then, um, I mean one of us just goes through one of those things and it will scar us for life. Right. So what was the first thing that, so you made the decision that you needed to, um, you wanted to help other people. So what was the first thing that you had to do? When, when I was healing myself or, or when I help others. When you decided you were going to help others. Yeah. So, so when I decided I want to help others, that's when I looked into how to do this, right? How to be, how to become a coach. And I basically mm-hmm. already had the framework because right. I had gone through my own divorce recovery. And so I was able right. to just show, you know, show that path to any yeah. other woman that needed it and give them, you yeah. know, the guidance that they need and the tools. Yeah. And, um, and so it's wonderful. And so in that, you know, in all of my trauma, I actually found my purpose. I really do believe that this yeah. is what I'm, I'm meant to do. And this is why I had mm-hmm. to experience everything that I did was so that I could come out the other side and then right. lend a helping hand to any other woman that needs it. Right. So what would you think your parents would say if they were here with you today, you know, seeing you do this? I think they would be really proud I do. I think they would be stoked that that I'm um, that I'm doing what I want, right? I'm I'm living my best life, and I was able to yeah. get myself to a place where I feel fulfilled and I'm happy and I, I feel whole and healed, uh-huh. and uh, and that now I can help others do the same. Right. That's I like that. I um so so on to thinking back to your very first person that came to you for help. I mean, what was that feeling like? I mean, were you nervous or was you like, no, I got this. I know I what to a little, do. <laughs> a little of both, you know, I mean, when you step outside your comfort zone, there's always mm-hmm. a little bit of a nervousness, I think, just as yeah. kind of how we're wired. But I also knew, I knew I could help them. I knew right. I was doing it for the right reasons. You know, I, I knew that I really just wanted to help women through it so that they didn't have to feel how I felt or go through what I went through. If I could save a, another woman from a second divorce, I want to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. I think I, um, of course, I was a little nervous at first, but 
it's just like anything, the more you do it, you know, if you just keep showing up, you get better and better. And then you kind of find your flow and, and yeah. get to a place where you're a lot more comfortable and, uh, and then you could do it a little bit easier. Right. Yeah. That, I think that's true with everything. So with the women that you've helped, um, is, does they have like a common denominator? Like is, do they all make, end up making like the same mistake or they, um, have something in common with each other besides, I mean, getting a divorce, but I mean, what, what have you seen with your experiences? The most common thing that I see with my clients is low self-worth or self-confidence. You know, oh. when you come out of a divorce, you're usually not feeling great about yourself. Even yeah. if you know that it's the right decision for you, um, it's, it's not great. You deal with a, a lot of the stigma uh, judgment uh -huh. from others, things like that. Um, and so that's something that I would say is most common with everyone that I work mm -hmm. with, regardless of where they are in the process or how long it's been since their divorce. Um, that's something yeah. that's, that's often an obstacle. Yeah, I can definitely uh, remember when I was going through mine that I felt that way. And I was part of a church family that they did not um, believe divorce was the answer, you know, and, but what, but I had to make a decision that I felt was best for me, you know, and my boys. And so I, you know, I had to work through that and they don't know, you know, what was going on. I, I wasn't telling people what was going on. And um, sometimes you just have to decide for yourself, hey, I know this is going to hurt, but I'm going to rip the Band-Aid off so, because I know in the end it's going to be better. Absolutely. And yes, divorce is painful, but not as painful as staying in a relationship that you know is not good for you, especially oh, yeah. when you're a parent. I, I, I often mm -hmm. hear feedback from women who feel so guilty for putting their kids through a divorce. But really, you are teaching your kids what to tolerate and what not to tolerate. You are mm -hmm. showing your kids that your happiness is important. And then when they grow up and they get into a relationship, you want to make sure that they're making their happiness a priority too. And then if they wind up in a relationship that isn't good for them, you don't want them to stay. You want them to to get out and try yeah. to find happiness and, and be healthy and right. Making their yeah. being a priority. You're teaching them to do that by doing it first yourself. I've never even thought of it from that perspective before. I've always thought about like, Oh, I was just a quitter, you know, <laughs> and I'm going to stick with this until one of us is six feet under, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it didn't have to be like that, you know, and, um, and it wasn't like that, but I have never looked at it from that perspective that, okay, this isn't working. Um, so we're going to have to do the hard work to make the situation better. And I really like how you've come, you've seen it that way, um, from your point of view. So, um, what are some of the, um, Oh, yeah. What do you recommend that women who are going through a divorce, what do they 
what should they be focusing on? Themselves, right? Not worrying <laughs> yeah. about what your ex is doing or what they're doing on social media or who <laughs> they're hanging out with or what they're saying. Focus oh, yeah, that's you. so hard. <laughs> I know, it can be really hard. But you, like, energy goes where your attention is, right? Like, that's yeah. where it goes. So, so you want to take your attention off of your ex. You want to put it on you. And you want to focus on your healing Focus on getting yourself to a place that that you feel good about. Yeah. Uh, if you're dealing, you know, if your self confidence or self worth is low, then that's what you need to work on. Is is getting your place, getting yourself to a place where you feel better, you feel confident, you feel excited about this chapter of your life because it yeah. really is an opportunity. It's an opportunity <laughs> yeah. to start again and create create something that you love. Um, and just doing whatever you need to do to get yourself to a healthy place because there really mm -hmm. isn't any specific amount of time. That's a question mm -hmm. I get a lot. It's like, how long is this? How long do I have to heal? Or how long until I can oh, date again? There's yeah. no, you know, set <laughs> um, formula for that kind mm -hmm. of thing. You really just mm -hmm. have to tune in and take care of yourself and get yourself to a place where you feel whole mm -hmm. on your own. I, yeah, that is such great advice because it's a good thing that I didn't have social, well, we didn't have social media at all whenever I went through my divorce because, I mean, I can remember a couple of times getting in the car and driving around town, trying to find out where he was. I mean, oh, yeah. seriously, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and I find him and I'm like, oh, he's not supposed to be here. <laughs> Yeah. And, you, and know. you know, no, no judgment. I mean, it happens, yeah. but yeah. you have to ask yourself, is this going to help me or hinder me? Right. Yep. If I mm -hmm. have a goal and my goal is to get myself feeling better and moving forward mm -hmm. is, you know, stalking him and trying to find his car <laughs> in somebody's driveway. Is that going to get me to where I want to go? Or is that going to stuck? Right. <laughs> All it did was make me ball my eyes out. That's all it did. Oh, I mean, I what was that. I going to do? You know, go up to the house and say, hey, why are you here? You know, <laughs> it, it yeah. was just silly. So, I mean, that's why I think that, you know, having you as, a, you know, someone that can help, you can say, okay, before I go off and derail myself, you know, and get arrested for stalking somebody, <laughs> you know, you'd be like, okay. What's yeah. your focus here? You know, and um, and sometimes we just need that. You know, Absolutely. we just need someone there to say, okay, yeah, I know you want to do that, but it's not going to help anything. So, yes. um, but yeah, I <laughs> was like, <laughs> I remember doing, I only did it a, a, a couple of times. And then after the second time, I was like, this is stupid. It is not going to solve anything. And I just wasted my gas. So, right. And it doesn't <laughs> so make never, you feel better usually, no. you know, so. No, it didn't. And um, anyway, now that I think about it, I just feel so silly, like remembering that I had done that. But so, yeah, I was glad we didn't have social media. But um, so, so what about um, women who goes through um, like, you know, where they have um, been abused, physically abused by, you know, their husband or their partner or whoever it is. I mean, 
are do you handle those differently than women, you know, than other, you know, situations? Not necessarily. Um, with things like that, it's important for them to really be honest with what their needs are. So, mm -hmm. you know, coaching and therapy are very different. Right. So if you yep. feel like where you're at and what you need the most support with is more therapy based, then mm -hmm. that the, I, I would recommend that. And I've done that. Mm -hmm. I've had consultations with women where I've said, you know what, it sounds like coaching isn't the right fit for you right now. I would recommend yeah. working with a therapist. Coaching yeah. is very future focused. So it's right. for someone who, if they, if they kind of feel stuck and they just don't even know where to start, right. coaching helps you clarify, okay, what am, what are my goals? What do I want? And then let's get you there. How do we get you right. there step by step? Right. And so, uh -huh. so when you're coming out of an abusive relationship, you might not be in that mindset yet. You might still be in the place where you mm -hmm. need to work with a therapist to work through some things. And Oftentimes, things that we carry, we're carrying with us from childhood. I mean, that's stuff that goes oh my right, God, right? Yes. from our parents. And, <laughs> and so that's the stuff that you have to work through so that you can heal and that you can really start building yourself back up again. Um, but yeah. if you are in a place where you feel like you're in, in, in a pretty good place, but you, you just need some more support, you need guidance, mm -hmm. you need clarity, you need more confidence. Um, mm -hmm. then a coach is for you to help you get moving in mm -hmm. that forward direction. Right. That's such good advice because, I mean, you have to realize your, um, what your purpose is. I mean, as you, as a coach, and then also the limitations, you know, like, okay, you really need more of medical therapy advice, you know, whatever. And uh, when you're ready, you can come back. Because there are sometimes, even though you want to move on, like you said, there are things in our childhood or with the relationship that you got to work through first. Absolutely. You know, you got to get through that because if there's someone like me, they're not even going to be able to focus on the future and what you want with it because of this is it's right here in your face, mm -hmm. you know, and you can't get past it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just so much to, um, to unravel. Hi, I'm Nikki. The host of Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay. I had to tell you, I have put together a list of my top 10 most played episodes. So go to my website, www.nikkiasherbowling.com forward slash my mixed tape tape list yeah it's called my mixed tape list and i know i've dated myself however do not forget to subscribe to the podcast rate and review it on itunes or spotify if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast so let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's 
everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, it's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Because it, I mean, I don't know you, it's just, I just keep going back. It, it just takes you back to that moment, to different things, mm-hmm. scenarios and stuff that happens. So, um, so with someone who feels like they don't like being alone, I mean, um, how do they adjust from being with a partner and then being alone? Because I know people that don't want to be alone and then they just pick whoever off the street and then that's their next buddy, you know? Oh yeah. And, and then, it, then that's even worse than the one they just got away from, you know? Yeah, it can be. And that was me. I mean, that was my, I was so terrified of being alone. I just didn't even know how to do it. And so that's what happened after my first divorce. I have to write into another relationship. And when Mm -hmm. that one didn't work out, I have to write into another one and then marry (laughs) them. They moved in within like three months. We were engaged eight months later and they were married. And so So I had to really work through that and figure out how to be alone. And so a lot of the things that I learned and have learned since just from reading Mm -hmm. more books and listening to more podcasts is uh, first, first of all, get support because you're not alone. You can be alone and not feel lonely. Right. So when you can get a community, Mm -hmm. for example, like I have, Mm -hmm. I have my Facebook group, uh, Divorced and Empowered. It's a community of women. They Mm -hmm. get it right? They're yeah. going through a divorce too. It's a huge transition. It's something they're yep. not used to either. You're not alone. Connect with those women. Mm-hmm. Another thing you can do is find a creative outlet, right? When you're divorced, this is the time to like reinvent yourself. It's like, who oh. am I? What do I want? What do I, you know, what yeah. do I like? What? And so find a creative outlet. That's a great way to help you feel more right. fulfilled. Play around with different things, that mm-hmm. maybe you never had time for or that you were interested mm-hmm. in, but just never pursued, right? Like take mm-hmm. that dance class or pick up that camera and do some photography or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, another great thing you could do is volunteering because oh. when you volunteer, not only is that making you feel good, right? For mm-hmm. doing, helping people that are less fortunate, but mm-hmm. it really helps you put things in perspective And it helps you appreciate what you have because when you're alone and you're just thinking about all the things that you're lacking now or all the things that Mm -hmm. are gone, when you volunteer, like if you go to a food shelter, I remember Mm -hmm. I did that. I went to a food food shelter with um, a couple of girlfriends. And when I came home that night, my bed was never that comfortable, right? My, my coffee never tasted so good. I was never so grateful for the lights in my house and for, you know, right. Just the heat that it it, puts things in perspective because no matter how bad you feel like things are, they could be a lot worse and it helps you shift to see that you are still, you still have an abundance of blessings Mm -hmm. around you and there are lots of things still be grateful for. Um, and then doing things like getting in nature more often, 
nature mm-hmm. is so healing and just exercise in general, just being more mm-hmm. active. It, it helps lower your uh, decrease anxiety and depression. It helps boost mm-hmm. your mood. Um, I mean, it's, it's something that's therapeutic as well. And so exercising or getting in nature, those are all things. And so just thinking about all kinds of things that you can do mm-hmm. and giving yourself the things that you used to get from someone else. So take yourself out on a date. Cook yourself a nice little, <laughs> yeah. yourself a, ni- a nice little piece of jewelry, or like take yourself on a weekend trip or with girlfriends, right? Like, yeah, a life that you love and that mm-hmm. feels good and fulfilling for you. You don't need someone else to mm-hmm. fill you up. You want to be whole all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I like that because I mean, once you realize, okay, I it's okay for me to be alone. I just, you know, don't want to be lonely. And then you start relying on yourself and you become a more independent person. And, you know, you start um, looking at your attributes and then looking at, you know, some of the things that, okay, I might need to work on these other things, you know, that you might find not as appealing or you want to be better at them. And so when you start working on those things and start, you know, focusing on the positive, then when you finally, you know, if you are someone who wants to to remarry or be with somebody else, then you are a better you, right? You're more mature. You're more mature. You're wiser. Yes. Yes. That's the Mm -hmm. best place to be in if you want to start another relationship, because Mm -hmm. if you're starting a relationship because you're lonely or because you're Mm -hmm. bored or because you need the confidence boost, you're Mm -hmm. using that external source to fill a void. And that's Mm -hmm. not sustainable. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to fill up your own cup. And then when you do meet someone, they're just extra. They're just adding value to your life. It's not that you need them for anything or to be happy. Right. It's like the bonus. You know, it's like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And yeah, I, I've had so many conversations, Leah, about, you know, okay, you know, me trying to tell, even tell myself, you don't need to be with somebody, right? Um, There are things that you can do if you're lonely to, to fill that void, but you don't need to be with somebody, you know, you can rely on yourself. You're a very independent person and some people just don't get it. You know, I, I don't know what else to. It takes time. It does take time. It takes practice, but when you can learn how to enjoy your own company, mm-hmm. that really empowers you. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Not to mention it's not that you're just walking around alone on the planet. I mean, you've got friends, you've got family, <laughs> yeah. you've got maybe coworkers, right? Like you, you do have people that you can also nurture mm-hmm. those relationships with. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really enjoy that. So, um, so I see here that you have seven steps to self-love. So what are some of the steps that we could work on for self-love? Um, because, you know, when we both know, when we go through a divorce, you know, you just feel like a big pile of crap and mm-hmm. <laughs> you're thought mm-hmm. I definitely could have done better, 
but um, I mean, are some steps harder to do yes. than other steps? <laughs> yes. So one of the big ones is boundaries, setting boundaries. That is oh a way <laughs> to practice self-love. And especially for women, that's tough because we're often people pleasers. We're taught from a yeah. very young age that we're supposed to put ourselves on the back burner and serve, 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 and make sure everyone else is taken care of and everyone else is happy. And and so <laughs> it can be uncomfortable to yeah. put ourselves first and prioritize yeah. ourselves, right? We feel mm. selfish, uh, mm -hmm. you know, or we feel like we're like a bad person for doing it. So, but that is a, a way to practice self-love is setting boundaries. And you can start small, you know, a good way to mm -hmm. do that is just practice saying no. And that could be, you know, if someone's inviting you to uh, go see a movie that you really don't want to see, speak mm -hmm. up about it, right? Or if you really mm -hmm. don't like that restaurant or you really don't want to go to that party, <laughs> yeah. speak up. It's okay to use your voice. It's okay <laughs> to have an opinion because honestly, the, the, the people who get offended or upset by mm -hmm. you setting a boundary are mm -hmm. often people who are benefiting from you not having one. Oh, yeah. And so just remind yourself that it's not mm -hmm. your responsibility to tend to other people's reaction to your boundary. That's their job. Yeah. It's your job to just set the boundary and to stay true to you. Okay, right. Leah, you are in territory that, I mean, that today's culture, it's everybody's responsibility to know about everybody else's hangups and know what to do with them, you know, and, and be respectful and say the right thing to them so they don't get offended. Um, but that's impossible. I mean, yes. for me, that's impossible, you know, and, um, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's our own responsibility to take care of ourselves. So yeah, setting a boundary is very important. And I know for some people, it is going to be so hard <laughs> to do that, <laughs> you know. It is, it, but it just takes practice and you start small. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, setting a boundary, it just means that you love yourself and you know mm -hmm. your limits you're allowed mm -hmm. to have limits. You know, yeah. you can't please everyone. Even if you try, you'll fail. It's not possible. It's not a mm -hmm. feasible, attainable goal. You can't please everyone. So you mm -hmm. have to just stay true to you. You can't be everywhere at once. You can't do everything. And right. you, you are just, your, your well being is what is going to pay the toll, mm -hmm. right? It, it, mm -hmm. It's, it's too, you're making too many sacrifices and yeah. it's, it's, it's not worth it. It's not healthy. You have to yeah. be, you have to maintain yourself, preserve yourself and be yes. the guardian of your own energy. Right. And another good, another step for self-love is forgiveness, self-forgiveness. We can be so hard on ourselves. We beat ourselves up. We've got that narrative mm -hmm. in our head, right? That negative Nancy, like inner dialogue telling us we're not good enough or we can't or we're, <laughs> you know, those pants look too tight on me today. And there's always <laughs> something going on. And so, but it's so important to yeah. forgive yourself for mm -hmm. mistakes that you've made, for choices mm -hmm. that you made. 
remind mm -hmm. yourself you did the best you could with what you knew at the time. Right. And and then keep going. It, you know, yeah. you don't have to be perfect. Give yourself mm -hmm. permission to not be perfect and practice treating yourself and speaking mm -hmm. to yourself in a way that you would someone you love. Because mm -hmm. if you imagine somebody coming to you who you cared about with the same issues maybe you're going through, what would your advice be to them? It yeah. would probably be a, a filled with a lot more compassion than if you were giving <laughs> yourself the advice, right? That's so true. That's a, good, a good way to kind of look at it is like, I need to talk to myself uh -huh. the way that I would somebody else that I love. Right. And, you know, and to um, just flip that around is if you treat yourself with more respect and talk to yourself with more respect, then it's easier to do it to other people, you know, and, and, and then you're not going to feel like you're saying something foreign, you know, mm -hmm. because you're not used to talking that way. And mm -hmm. that, that was something hard for me was to be nice to people or to talk nice to people, you know, and I just, I was just so abrupt, you know, and harsh, but I just had to learn to, you know, to soften my voice and to say things in a way it wasn't demeaning to that person. And that's just something I think a lot of us just have to learn or maybe just the more hard-headed ones like myself, but, you know. <laughs> well, that, what that probably is, Nikki, is a reflection of also how you spoke to yourself, most likely. If, if you are judgmental or abrupt with others, then mm -hmm. most likely then you are also are like that with yourself. And yes. so the more you can be kinder and more compassionate to yourself, the easier it is to then mm -hmm. show up and be that way for other people as well. I know, but why did it take me almost 50 years to figure it out? I mean, <laughs> we're, we're all on our own journey. We are all on our own journey. Everyone is on a different timeline, you know, but at least you got there. At least you got there. Yeah. I, I really enjoy talking to you. I mean, you just, I mean, you can tell that the things that you are saying, um, you, have learned these lessons yourself, you know, and you're just sharing them with the world. And to me, when you share an experience with someone who is going through that same experience, I feel like it touches them more, you know, and they, they are more able to accept it you know, and they open their heart and they, you know, listen to what you say. If someone is not ready or they don't want to hear your message, it's not going to work for them. They're not ready. You know, they may need to go have, you know, go have more therapy or, or whatever it is that they need. And I just love that um, you're, you've taken, you know, the tragedies of your life, and your experiences with your relationships and is using it to help other people. And I just so glad that you are because I know what I went through. I know what my mom went through and you know what you went through. It's just so hard. You know, it is yes. so hard. And I mean, yeah, everybody's used to hearing the word divorce, but it's still a bad thing. I mean, it's still a bad thing to go through, you know. Um, it is. It's tough. It, There's, it, it's a roller coaster. 
It's a oh, roller Lord. coaster of emotions. <laughs> Even yeah. if you have an idea of what to expect, you don't really know what to expect until you're <laughs> I know. right? Because yeah. our experience is different too. And that's mm -hmm. the thing is even if you know someone who's been divorced, they might not necessarily have the best advice for you because your situation is different or you're in a completely mm -hmm. different place, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's experience is so different. And, mm -hmm. and that's why it is just so helpful to get support because when you mm -hmm. have that guidance, it saves you a lot of trial and error. <laughs> it, it, it really just like cuts right through to the, to the good stuff, right? So that you don't yeah. have to learn all your lessons the hard way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could definitely, <laughs> I just, well, this just came to mind. I mean, what about, I mean, the poor people that are going through divorce and it's years and years and years before it's finalized. Oh my Lord, I would probably just, <laughs> I don't know what I would do. That's I, enough. It, yeah, that I would had, be, I had someone who, um, was eight, it was eight years was uh -huh. the divorce. I think that's the longest one that, that I've encountered yeah. and not to mention how many thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that these can mm -hmm. cost. Um, mm -hmm. and it can really drag out and, and, that's why it's so important to make sure that you're focusing on your well-being because a divorce yeah. is one of the most stressful things you can go through. If you Google what is the top five most stressful things a human can experience, divorce is right up there, right underneath death of a loved one. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so you're all over the place. You're going through grief, right? There's a grieving mm -hmm. process. You may have an anger mm -hmm. mode, anger and resentment stage mm -hmm. and there's so yeah. much to go through. And so it's so important that you're making sure that you are taking care of yourself, getting good sleep. That's something that's mm -hmm. overlooked a lot, but also impacts <laughs> everything. Like getting good sleep so you can regulate your emotions, decreasing your stress, right? If you're yeah. super stressed, you got to do something to counter that, to make right. sure that you're not being put through the ringer. Yes, I You just, those are some top three things that people <laughs> all struggle with. Right. <laughs> well, before we end our conversation, do you have any, you know, last minute advice? Or not last minute advice, but, you know, something that, you know, maybe we didn't touch on during our conversation? I think just to remind everybody that if you are going through a divorce, you're not alone. It's mm -hmm. such an isolating thing. It's not often mm -hmm. you go through a divorce at the same time as someone you know who's going through it. So you do feel like you're going through it alone. So you're mm -hmm. not alone. Connect with the community. Like come come to a Facebook group like mine or any others. There's so many divorce groups out there. Mm -hmm. And get support so that you can get through this faster, mm -hmm. so that you can heal and move on and start rebuilding your life. Uh, and just make sure that you're taking good care of yourself because it will really make the, all the difference. And how can people reach out to you, Leah, if they want to, you know, maybe uh, get some more information? Yes. So you can go right to my website, mindfullyready.com. That's mindfullyready.com. 
and you can book a free consultation call with me so we can chat if you're curious and you want to learn more. Um, mm -hmm. You can also join my private Facebook group there. Uh, it's, it's only women who are experiencing divorce, so it's a great group to connect with. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'm also on all the social media. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at, <laughs> at Mindfully Ready. <laughs> TikTok. I people keep talking about that. I mean, I have an account, but I don't ever get on there. <laughs> I love TikTok. Yeah, you know, it's, there's such a wonderful community. I've really connected with a whole divorce community. There's attorneys and mediators and financial people, and I mean, there there's some something for everyone, and it's they're really supportive. It's great. My my boys will send me something every once in a while, and. <laughs> it'll crack me up or my mom my mom retired and then like a week after she retired I, she started blowing up my phone with tiktok stuff <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of entertaining stuff on there. yeah well leah i am so glad that we finally got to me and talk about you know uh women going through a divorce and you know how hard it is and the steps they can take to you know make the transition you know a little better maybe a little smoother and i hope that you will be able to come on again in the future and talk about you know um the subject again because i know it's not going to go away that's <laughs> <laughs> not going anywhere yeah thank yeah. you so much for having me today nikki i loved our conversation thank you leah <laughs>if you enjoyed my show motherhood unfiltered please rate and review us on apple podcast or spotify and be sure to come back next week for another episode of motherhood unfiltered until then this is nikki the host of motherhood unfiltered and don't forget it's going to be okay podcast which was created by Nikki Asher Bowling. It was produced and recorded by Nikki Asher Bowling and edited by Craig Patterson. Motherhood Unfiltered is going to be okay is a product of Boppers Media Productions.